The GameCube is Cool podcast is a recorded and produced show from Toronto, Canada. You can help support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash the GameCube is cool to find our $1 and $5 a month tier. Special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $5 or above level for the month of June. Ira Bell, Jem McKay, Dan Wagner, Kirsten Cardinal, Jed Winters, and Christopher Valenz. The GameCube. Was cool. Hosted by Mike Lane and Neil Gilbert. So, Mike, I was uh, I was walking through the wo- I was walking through the woods today, and I saw a little snake. You know, saw a little tiny snake there go across the path. I, as I do, I see quite a few snakes here in my neighborhood since we're in a very wooded area. And it hit me. I I don't know what the name is for a baby snake. Do you know what that is? A snakeette. You're very close. It's a snakelet. Oh, snakelet. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That does make sense. Yeah. I had to look this up because I was walking with my dad and I was like, oh, look, a baby snake. And I was like, that can't be right. So I just I just looked it up before we started now. And it's a snakelet, a neonate, or a hatchling snake. A neonate? Yeah, I don't mean? know what that means. <laughs> that sounds like something from Alien. I don't like it. Neil, I know you're not a big fan of snakes, if I remember correctly. I don't, I'd rather not touch one if I don't have to. Yeah. I like seeing them around. Uh, it's mainly just garden snakes or garter snakes. If I always thought it was garden snakes. I know. I think some people call them that. I think that that might be a correct term for them in certain areas. Yeah. Because it's a garden snake. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's a garden snake. You find them in gardens. They they, <laughs> they blend into the flower beds. It makes sense. You yeah. know, the little snakes with the – with or the sorry, black snakes with the uh, green stripe on them. But we have some massive snakes around here. We have Ontario milk snakes, which if you've ever looked those things up, they can grow to be six feet long. Uh, they can be pretty thick too. Big boys. Yeah, they're they're thick boys. Someone in our in our Facebook group in the neighborhood posted a photo of one about a week or two ago, and they found one in their garden. And I'm I'm set to move now because they look like little, <laughs> they look like little anacondas or boa constrictors, I guess. But they're perfectly harmless to people. They're just big and it's somewhat terrifying. I honestly thought up until a few years ago we just had garter snakes in the neighborhood, but. I was wrong. Clearly. And now yeah. you're now you're out of the neighborhood. No, yeah, now I'm I'm so far gone. As soon as I see one on my property, I'm out. Like I, <laughs> I can't I like snakes. They're interesting, but yeah, you're right. They they do creep me out. Mm-hmm. Of all the animals, they're probably the creepiest to me, but I'm also so fascinated by them. It's it's true, it's true. Yeah. Mike, I have another uh another I have another problem for you here. It's another uh it's another case of the did they steal this. Uh-oh. Um so uh <laughs> listeners will remember that a few weeks ago we uh we had the conundrum of the gentleman that was walking through my neighborhood with a hose and the wall attachment with it, which I still don't know <laughs> if he stole that or that's not. That's my favorite part. It's just the wall <laughs> attachment, the awkwardness also- of carrying that man yeah yeah i don't know like i st- it wasn't a new hose either like it was definitely used <laughs> so we don't know but uh anyway i was walking uh, i was walking around a park not too long ago and i saw two young men maybe about our age maybe in their mid-20s pushing a ride-on lawnmower down the street hmm. now this was going away from a public park and it was one of those orange ride-on lawnmowers so this wasn't like a john deere kind of thing that you buy from canadian tire this was like a city <laughs> ride-on lawnmower <laughs> And, like, I didn't stop them. I just kind of, like, did the wave at them hey, as they walked by me. Going? I was, you know, hey, I was, and they were walking away from a park. <laughs> yeah. But they were, it was weird because they were just pushing it down the middle of a road. Mm. And 
I'm never going to check in on that. The people working for the city didn't seem too bothered by by it. So I, I just I just have a feeling they were stealing that ride on lawnmower. You know, I, I'm very upset that they they did not drive that lawn, riding lawnmower out uh, and drive it onto the road. I think they missed a big opportunity there. But that's why I think they stole it is because if they had the key, that's probably what they would mm, have done. I that's see. How, that's proof of ownership. Is if you're riding it, you must own it. Don't you just you leave the key. the key in a riding lawnmower? Is I don't think that's recommended. <laughs> <laughs> can you imagine a time where people left their key like in their car i always see that in old yeah, movies I know. where like they they check the, like the top as if there's going to be a key there i don't that's a bygone era for me just leave uh, yeah and and just leaving your car yeah just leaving the key in the car when you go into the house it's like really what, what are you doing yeah, leaving the car running i think i think back to the days of like early morning hockey practices where my dad would leave the car running on our driveway for like five or ten minutes so that it would heat up because it was like 6 a.m in in february yep uh, but uh, no one ever stole our car, luckily. Uh, yeah, I don't think anyone's going around February uh, 6 a.m. Canada weather to uh, to steal your car. Mm. No, to steal your no, Ford Taurus. Oh, the Ford Taurus wagon, the 1997 <laughs> Ford Taurus wagon. The classic Gilbert. I still associate that car with my family. As you should, and I so do yeah. I. Whenever I see a red uh, station wagon Ford Taurus, yeah. uh, I'm like, well, mm. uh, there's that's Neil's car. I look for the I look for the cage in the back because you always had a cage for the dog. Yes, for the dog. That car is definitely a cube now. I, <laughs> I can't think of anything else that that car is at this point. Everyone pour one out for the red 1997 Ford Taurus. R.I.P. R.I.P. Mike, uh, our friend of the show Dan brought something to my mind the other day on our group chat. We have our Discord chat there, and he uh, he had a bet with a friend on which was better, or a debate at least, uh, blizzards or McFlurries. They did a taste test, and Dan's friend lost apparently, and he had to buy 16 McFlurries wow. for some group. I don't know the exact backstory on how that went down, but it got me thinking about blizzards versus McFlurries. Do you have a preference on that uh, icy treat? That's a good question, y'all, and that's you yeah. know that's a that's a that's a million dollar question right there. And I'm full of million dollar questions. I would love to see political debates be decided by this question because it is it is important, uh, mm-hmm. almost as important as uh, Reese's versus Reese's Thins, which. Uh... Oh. <laughs> That's not even a contest. <laughs> no, but uh, uh, I would personally say McFlurries. I'm not a McDonald's fan per se, but I right. I, I find there's something, especially the Oreo McFlurries. I'm a big fan mm. of Oreo McFlurries, and mm-hmm. they have a certain, I don't know, there's there's something about them that, that makes me want to go back. Maybe it's because they're never working. The machine is never mm. working. <laughs> so it's just the it's idea true. of it. I'm like, oh, but one yeah. day I might have a McFlurry again. It's an elusive ice cream. It's an elusive mm-hmm. dairy treat. But Bl- sure, don't do a lot for me. I also hate when they're like, oh, look, you can put it upside down and it's not falling out. <laughs> I said, what does that mean? I've never understood what that's trying to tell me. It's it's so thick. You you can't, you have to turn it upside down. I love like at Wonderland, at Canada's Wonderland, which is the park, uh, a theme park near Toronto. It's so hot in the Dairy Queen there that they never turn it upside yeah. down because by, by the time you get it, it's basically a soup. I forgot about that. That's right. Yeah, I'm like turn that t- turn that upside down for me. Cookie dough Blizzard, I think, is is the one r- really redeeming factor for me for blizzards. But what about you, Neil? I was gonna say that's what Dairy Queen has on McDonald's is they have way more variety in they their do. ice cream. Like you go to McDonald's and at best you have the Oreo or the Smarty, which they just brought back. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Uh, and depending on the time of year, you may get the Cadbury cream egg or mm. the like the Shamrock McFlurry. Ooh, Shamrock at, Oh, yeah. Uh, But they do have some holiday ones there, which is nice. But typically, it's just the Smarty or the Oreo uh, McFlurry. Uh, But Dairy Queen, you've got almost an endless bounty of of Blizzard options there. I love the Brownie Batter Blizzard. I don't know if you remember that one. I think it was a limited time. That might have been a limited time only one. I can't think now if if it's it's still there. I don't think it's there anymore. But to be fair, I haven't gone to Dairy Queen in a long time. 
Okay. Yeah. The thing about the Dairy Queen menu is it's it's so vast that like by the time you know you see I see my Oreo Blizzard, I see a Reese's Pieces or a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup Blizzard, the Cookie Dough. Those are usually like my three go tos. I'll get a an Oreo Blizzard or an Oreo McFlurry. Uh, it doesn't really matter to me. I don't have a huge attachment to either. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Oreo ice cream sandwich beats them both for me. But uh, the thing I the thing I don't like about the McFlurries is the lid that they insist on giving me. I hate those lids. Yeah, those lids do suck. That's fair. Yeah, it, it like catches too much of the good stuff. You're like, no, my Oreos. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, your Oreos get scraped off, yeah. and the spoon doesn't come out right. It makes that weird plastic on plastic sound, which I hate. I think I do prefer the Oreo McFlurry to the Oreo Blizzard, yes. but I, I have to give Dairy Queen the points on just having so much variety, and it oh the, the machines are always working when you go to a, a Dairy Queen. It's true because that's their only job. <laughs> well, because yep. also the thing, I remember a friend of the show, Brennan, who used to work at McDonald's, and I'm sure other mm. people listening to this can attest to this, uh, that oftentimes the machine is not broken. It's that they don't want to go through the very painful process of cleaning that thing, which I know uh, is is such a such a hassle. So uh, I would understand that more working as work as I've worked <laughs> in food service. I right? would understand that 100% more than it's always broken. Yeah, yeah. Personally. I mean, they just, you know, it's an easy, like, it's broken. Yeah, yeah, it is an easy thing to say, which <laughs> I understand. I'll just get one of your Sundays. Those are good enough for me. There you go. There we go. Mike, I think it's time for our new favorite segment. What do you think? It's not new anymore, Neil, but this is the mailbag. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, if you want to write into the GameCube was cool podcast, you can do so by sending us a message on Patreon, Instagram, Facebook, or leave us a review on whatever podcast service you listen to. We will read them on the show, good or bad. Sometimes the bad ones hurt us a little bit. Mike, do you have a, a letter for us today? I do, actually, and I didn't tell you about this one, Neil, because I thought it was pretty funny. Yeah, it's not in the notes, so I'm, I'm excited no, to be surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this is uh, from Chuck, who wrote us a lovely, lovely uh, email here. And he says, love your GameCube Cop podcast. Uh, it was funny hearing your Stadia mention on your show, as my primary consoles are GameCube and Stadia. The funniest part was that you joked about Stadia being in every home, but amusingly, that's actually true. Anyone who has a Google account basically has a Stadia account, too. Connect any controller to pretty much any screen, buy a game, and play next-gen games like Cyberpunk. No subscription required. Just stable internet. By the way, I'm not getting paid by Google. Just a fan would probably send the same kind of email to Stadia Show if they mentioned GameCube. Hmm. Uh, (laughs) And uh, he says, anyway, uh, keep up the awesome GameCube content. Best wishes, Chuck. Wow. Thank you, Chuck. That that's scary. Did we just discover that Stadia is the best-selling console? Does it? It doesn't count as a console, obviously. But he... in that sense, no. But 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 he's right. Yeah. You technically, if you have a Google account, you can have a Stadia account and start playing games. I feel like the numbers there are a little bit skewed because that that's like the whole U2 album. That that's probably one of the most <laughs> famous albums ever, just because of it automatically downloading to iTunes. Yes, but I, I I like that he brought that up because that was something I never really thought about. It was like, oh yeah, I I could just play Stadia games tomorrow if I really wanted to. Start buying them. Get a you could even get the Stadia Pro controller, whatever that is, which is uh, looks honestly pretty cool. It's sleek. Yeah, I have I think about Stadia less than never. I almost never think about Stadia. It's crazy. <laughs> I, how... I, neither neither did I, and that's why yeah. I was very intrigued by this uh, this uh, email that Chuck sent. So yeah, and I love that the GameCube is his his uh 
you know, his go-to retro console. Mm-hmm. So got to give big props to him there. Yeah, that's a big jump going from GameCube to Stadia. That's a huge graphical leap, I must say. Because he realizes how good the GameCube really is. I like to think that Chuck was playing the GameCube up until 2017 or 18 when Stadia came out, and that was his jump to next gen. That would be, that'd be huge. <laughs> I also have a letter here, Mike, from Ben the Whale, who wrote in a little while ago. Uh, you might remember that we had a listener write in to say that the uh, our show makes them cry, a very emotional show. And we were I don't a little... think they said cry, but they, they said they, emotional. They said we, we were an emotional show. <laughs> I think that we took it as like makes us cry. But anyway, uh, Ben actually followed up on that. Uh, he just wanted to say your Super Mario Sunshine episode was the first I listened to, and it is my favorite game ever mostly because of all the wonderful childhood memories I have attached to it. So I was getting nostalgic feels, hearing you and your friends reminiscing about specific parts too. So that's yeah. what that's what Ben was getting at, was just it was emotional awesome. because just listening to us bring back childhood memories, which is a huge thing for us too with this show. That's what we're all about. We're, we, we love nostalgia. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously. So Mike, let's uh, cover a little bit more nostalgia now with Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. What do you think? Let's do it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 55 of the GameCube is Cool podcast. New episode every Thursday on all the major podcast services. We are the number one GameCube podcast on the internet. We're here to look back on all 555 North American GameCube games, one by one, sometimes 12 by 12. So far, we have covered 273 GameCube games. You can visit thegamecubewascool.com to check out all the things we've been working on. The website was developed by our very own Mike Lane. That's me. That's him. Last week, we covered Harvest Moon with our special guest, Kate Gray, who is an accomplished Nintendo Life journalist and Twitch streamer. If you haven't already, go back and check it out. We also talk a little bit about games journalism as well. This week, we are celebrating the newest entry in the Switch library, Mario Golf Super Rush. To do so, we are going to be looking back on Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Uh, or Mario Golf Family Tour, if you're living in Japan. That's funny. Uh, I love that name. I think that would have been really that would have been funny to have. Family Tour. Are they touring with their family? I don't know. Uh, but Mario Golf is a series that I honestly didn't play or know much about as a child. I didn't pick up on this series until way later as an adult when we were getting into GameCube collecting in college. And I'm glad I did because it helped me uncover a bunch of other Mario sports games on the console. And it, mm-hmm. I mean, we both talk about the Mario sports games as being the golden era of of that genre with golf, tennis, baseball, and soccer on the GameCube. It's definitely where the, a lot of these franchises peaked, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Mike, let's let's go back a little bit and talk about our memories with uh, with Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. Did, did you play this game as a kid? I did. I did. I played it, and I owned it, and it's one of the few games that I traded away slash gave away slash who knows what that I never got back. Uh, and one day I will buy it again. But for now, I'm using your copy to play this this week, Neil. <laughs> That's right. You took you took the game from my library, which was good. I've been playing the 3DS version this week to prepare, which is very similar to the yes, GameCube version. Yes, very, very similar. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, when I was a kid, I got it. Uh, my my, I think I asked for it because I wanted to get it so that my aunt could play with me, and because she was a big golfer. And um, uh, I was like, hey, look, you know, we can play something other than Double Dash, I guess, uh, <laughs> at the time. Yeah. And uh, I loved it. I had so much fun playing it, and I had never played the N64 version or any of the other versions, so I had a very different viewpoint of this one than many other people seem to have in the sense of, you know, they thought it was a bit of a ripoff of the original, or not original, but the the last game, the N64 game. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I had a blast. I remember uh, I was often Waluigi. I don't okay. know why, and it's funny because I couldn't. I was trying to think of that before we even did this podcast. I was like, "Who is my main character?" And then <laughs> when I started playing again this week, I just kind of muscle memory picked Waluigi. 
Hmm. I was like, oh, I guess this must have been my guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, got to love Waluigi because he's uh, that Camelot boy, Camelot rep. Of course. Of course. Yeah, <laughs> Waluigi, we talked a little bit about him back on the Mario Party episode. Uh, he is owned by Camelot. Camelot was founded in 1990. Uh, it was mainly a studio that was, to, that was made to uh, help create games for Nintendo and Sega. They created a total of 32 games. Uh, the company, which I did not know, was originally known as Sega CD4 and Sonic Software Planning. So they were very much tied to Sega and Sonic. They had to kind of switch that name, obviously, since they, <laughs> when Sega went under after the Dreamcast, they had to start making games for Nintendo. Mm-hmm. And uh, while Luigi, who we talked about in Mario Party, was designed to give Wario a, a friend to play with in Mario Tennis on the N64. But uh, Camelot went on to develop a whole bunch of games for Nintendo in the early 2000s. They were a big supporter uh, of games like Mario Tennis, Golden Sun, and Mario Golf. So a huge shout out to them, and they've created a character that you and I both love today, um, which which is hilarious. Um, I was going to say, a lot of people out there think that Mario Golf started on the N64, but this is technically not the first Mario Golf game. It was Game Boy Color, wasn't it? Well, no. I mean, Mario appeared in Golf on the NES back in 1984. Oh, So it goes way back. Yeah, there's a lot of games where Mario appeared in Golf uh, in the sport of golf, there was Family Computer Golf uh, in 1987 on the Famicom disc system. There was just plain golf on the Game Boy in 1989, NES Open Tournament in 1991, and then Mario Golf on N64 and Game Boy Color both came out in 1999, which is when the series finally got its start. And since then, we've had Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, Mario Golf Advance Tour on the Game Boy Advance, uh, World Tour on the 3DS, which is one of my favorite games on the console. Uh, and then there's Mario Sports Superstars, also on 3DS, which features golf. And then uh, coming out, if you're listening to this episode when it goes live, coming out tomorrow is Mario Golf Superstar Rush on Switch. Mm-hmm, that's right. And just the, the the golfing genre for games is honestly probably the oldest sports genre that I can think of. Because those games, like you were saying, Neil, go back you know to the 80s and way before that too. Mm-hmm. Golf games were probably one of the first sports games that were actively in a lot of bars uh, and still are. I remember uh, all all these bars or arcades would always have the, the golf games that had the big ball on them and mm-hmm. then you would shoot that way you know you yeah. kind of roll the ball back and then and then shoot forward yeah no they also made uh the same kind of mechanic with bowling games in bars as well where you could spin the ball to to move the ball i, I think it would have been awesome if they somehow made some sort of a peripheral that you could bring it home and have that ball to kind of have like a ski ball thing to play uh, either bowling or golf at home i think that would have been hilarious <laughs> i'd love but... to play ski ball at home <laughs> oh, God, i love dude ski ball is so good man anytime i go to like a dave and busters in normal times i, I i'm at the ski ball and pinball table all night that game is so much fun but it's it's funny that you mentioned your you said your aunt who likes golf who you played the game with Uh, a fun fact that i found out about mario golf is that uh, professional golfer gary mccord recommended the game toadstool tour in his book golf for dummies notably referring to mario as the mustachioed plumber from donkey kong Hmm, i mean that's true (laughs) yeah so it's a it's a game that does hold up pretty well uh in the golfing community as well i guess yeah it's a you know it's a good game it's very different because I, I played many uh, Tiger Woods games and I played some other arcade style golf games and it mm-hmm. took a, 
a, a little bit to get used to because it it is made to be very easy to to pick mm-hmm. up and play, which actually made it a little hard for me at first to remember how to play because a lot of golf games have a ton of different mechanics in them. Obviously, there's always a swing meter there, mm-hmm. but uh, there's usually some other things going on. You usually have to adjust your putts or your hits, you know, very much for wind and everything else and yep. God knows what else. But uh, <laughs> this one is quite simple in terms of, you know, you just aim, shoot, make sure that you, you know, hit your the, the swing meter properly and then mm-hmm. try and get it in. Yeah. I, I always found the swing meter, we can talk about this a little bit more when our guests come on, but I always found the swing meter slightly annoying to play with just because I know what I wanted to do. And just because I missed the swing or I didn't push A at the right time, all of a sudden my my hit is going to go into the bushes, which I always found yeah. slightly annoying. And even like putting, sometimes like you just want to touch the ball a little bit to knock it in and you end up hitting the ball way too hard and it goes over the hole. I just found that type of stuff really annoying. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, it, it's unavoidable and it didn't really ruin the game so much for me. It's just when you're trying to do the challenges, which I love to do since I didn't have anybody to play this game with. Like I said, I bought this game in college. So a lot mm-hmm. of, for me, it was single player stuff. And I love the challenges because they're quick things to do and you feel like you accomplish something. Uh, I just found that the, the swing meter just kind of took me out of it a little bit too much. Yeah, I think this, even with multiplayer, even with people uh, to play with, it's not as engaging and fun, I would say, as a Mario Power Tennis, just mm-hmm. in, in in my experience. But I mean, this is a game that, like all the Mario sports games, really can be enjoyed by anyone. And mm-hmm. it's such a well-made game, technically. That And there's so many modes, so much stuff to do yeah. uh, packed into this little disc mm-hmm. that you, you'll you always find someone who ha- has some memory of, uh, of an area of this game that really brings them joy. 100%, 100%. And I just, I, I've just found it interesting looking back at all the golf games from the past. Like I mentioned the first game, Golf on NES. That game sold 4 million copies, which surprisingly is the total number of sales of all the Mario Golf games combined. Yeah, all the Mario, the the, the mainline golf games. Yeah, yes, that's yeah, right. The, ma- the mainline from Mario Golf on N64 to the Game Boy Color to yeah. uh, Game Boy Advance, GameCube, and 3DS. It equals about 4, 4 million. I have a, a feeling that the Switch version is going to outsell all of these games anyway, like more than 4 million <laughs> units easily. I think that that's going to happen. I definitely agree. And some the, you mentioned sales, Neil. I did a little research because I wanted to see what the other Mario Sports sales have been um, historically. And like you said, Mario Golf with a little over 4 million for the mainline series. Uh, Mario Tennis Series actually is number one, selling 12.3 million total. Uh, right. And that also is because Mario Tennis has the most games. They have seven mainline games in that series. So that helps that number. And they have a one on the Switch too, which right as of right now, they're the only sports game or that's the only sports game that has a Switch version too. Correct. Yes. Yeah. Mario Strikers uh, at number three, selling 4.2 million, just mm-hmm. under golf. Okay. And Mario Baseball uh, selling only 3.37. But again, Mario Baseball, Mario Strikers only have two games each. Right, and they're both very similar. There's the GameCube versions and then the Wii versions, which are kind of ports, kind of not. I'm not really yeah. 100% sure how those two games are related. Sequels? Not. <laughs> <laughs> ports, they just added the shake mechanic, I think, to with the Wiimote. But yeah, yeah. Um, it's not too surprising. Mario Baseball and Mario Soccer, are they don't have as many versions of them. Like you said, tennis is on every single console since it came out, which gives it a, a huge bump, which is good. I would like to see Mario sports games come out with a new sport. I think that'd be a lot of fun. I'd love to see a Mario hockey game, personally. But I've been asking for that for years, but uh, 
It's not we'll, happening. We'll just have to wait, Neil. <laughs> it's not happening. The world doesn't care about hockey except for North America, so I don't think it's it's going to happen. Really quick before we bring on our guests, though, I just want to mention the the characters in the series. Uh, the first uh, two generations of the game, uh, Mario Golf on N64 and Game Boy Advance uh, and Game Boy Color, uh, actually feature human characters uh, created mm. specifically by Camelot. Uh, there's characters such as Kid, Plum, Sunny, Harry, uh, but none of these characters have made an appearance outside of the series and will probably never come back now since uh, since after the GameCube, we had uh, the, the Miis are pretty much the human characters now, so yeah. they don't have to create these human characters. But Plum, the uh, from the N64 game, has appeared as a trophy in Super Smash Bros. Melee and as a sticker in Super Smash Bros. Brawl. So oh. there are like little Easter eggs here and there to the early Mario Golf games. And uh, also Kid from Game Boy Color has a uh, appears as a Smash Bros. spirit in Ultimate. Wow, that's so very cool, yeah, very cool. Yeah. But I mean, other than that, the game obviously features all of the main characters from the Mushroom Kingdom: Mario, Peach, Bowser, Yoshi. You know the gang. And actually, fun fact about the characters from uh, Toadstool Tour is that this is the first game where Mario and Diddy Kong appear together on screen. Very cool. I did yeah. not know that. And now Diddy Kong seems to be in almost every new. Uh, Mario game, uh, whether it's Mario Party or whether it's one of the sports games. So, uh, mm-hmm. very cool. That was because that this was just when Rare stopped uh, owning Diddy Kong, oh, technically. So That's why. In, yeah, in the 90s, on Diddy Kong's hat, it said Rare, or it had the Rare logo on his hat. But if you look now in Mario Golf and uh, Mario Kart and uh, Smash Bros, I guess, uh, you'll see that now his cap says Nintendo. Mm-hmm. So this was after the Rare partnership with Nintendo ended. So they got Diddy Kong back and put him in golf with uh, Donkey Kong, of course. Great fun fact. Yeah, a lot of fun facts today. But, uh, Mike, I think it's a good time now to bring on some guests to the show. What do you say? All right. So joining us today from the Back in My Day podcast, we have Mike and Dave. Uh, how are you guys today? Not bad. Not bad. Holding up. Holding up. Holding up. Surviving, <laughs> man. Doing great. And we have a question that we ask all our first-time guests on the show, and it is, did, did either of you or both of you own a GameCube uh, back in the day? Mike, you start. I did own a GameCube. I did. I was the one kid when all of his friends bought the Xbox and was a PlayStation 2. I bought the GameCube because of my love for Nintendo, and I had every Nintendo console since the NES, um, except for SNES, actually, uh, at the time. But other than that, I had all the consoles, and so I just had to go GameCube. I had to get my Zelda and Mario fix, and uh, yeah, I was huge into GameCube. Amazing, amazing. Yeah, unfortunately, I did not have a GameCube. I did have, I want to say four or five friends who did have one, though. So I definitely have a decent amount of experience with it. I was the one who went for an Xbox because I was convinced that Halo was the greatest thing ever. Um, and I, I'm <laughs> right. not going to I'm not going to argue that because I love Halo. Yeah. But I was also yeah. convinced that, hey, the Xbox is built in a way, which at the time I didn't understand, but I had friends in school who did, is uh, it convinced me because I could mod my Xbox and have 25 or 35 games on my Xbox that I still have um, from the first couple of years of that of that console. So that's why I went Xbox. Um, just don't send this audio recording to the police. That's all I ask. <laughs> no worries. No worries. A- Xbox was giving Nintendo a run for their money in the early 2000s, especially oh, yeah. like you say, like, you know, you shouldn't be ashamed of liking Halo back then. I mean, you shouldn't be ashamed of liking Halo now if that's what you want to do. Absolutely. Yeah. But Halo, Halo 1 and 2 were huge, like absolutely massive. Like people, I remember from Mike and I, we went to the same elementary school. I remember kids on the schoolyard talking more about Halo than they were about Mario Sunshine. So it was definitely bigger. 
Yeah. And now yeah. to go back to the GameCube, uh, Mike, what color was your GameCube? Do you remember? It was purple. It was purple. Nice. I Beautiful. think that was the original one, but I might be wrong. Purple and black. Those were the two uh, two colors that came out first. The yeah. black. I think yeah, I got yeah. it launch day. Launch day. I remember wow. looking at wow. the EB Games magazine with my neighbor, and uh, you could pick two games uh, at launch. And uh, yeah, he was going Xbox. He was trying to convince me, but no, I was sticking. And actually, there wasn't a lot of good launch games. I know I got NHL hits and something else, maybe the uh, the, the Star Wars game. Yes, Rogue Leader. Uh, it was actually a, a decent launch game launch uh, for a Nintendo console because uh, mm-hmm. we did have Luigi's Mansion, and then we had Smash and Pikmin coming out right after. But you're right, there was no Mario game for the GameCube at launch, which put a lot of people off because that was the first console that there hadn't been a Mario game at launch. That was looking back, that was my mistake, not getting Luigi's Mansion. Even though I loved NHL hits and I loved that Rogue Squadron game, uh, I, I, like, I never played it because I never got it at launch and I've never been into that series and I've never played any of them. Yeah, I played the, I played the 3DS 3ds one or ones i can't remember if there's one or two it's so fun it's so great it's a it's a great game and it's honestly like especially the first one it's honestly very scary especially if you're a kid yeah it was like nintendo's take on resident evil the gamecube launch was interesting because the n64 famously launched with only two games pilot wings and mario 64 and then the gamecube launched with 11 games in north america and then europe got like 13 games uh, none of those games were Mario, but still, like it's a ton of games. Uh, for... That's a lot. That's a lot, even now. Yes, it hundred uh, percent. Especially if it was a physical copy of a game, that's a lot. Absolutely, and I mean, stellar games continued to come out for the GameCube after launch, and I guess we can get into one of those games right now. What do you guys think? Let's do it. Yeah. All right. Sounds good. So Mario Golf Toadstool Tour was released on July 29th, 2003. It was developed by Camelot Software, published by Nintendo. This was a GameCube exclusive. It rates about an 8 out of 10. Uh, Today, it's around $50, which is not too bad compared to some other GameCube exclusives out there. And it sold a total of 1.22 million copies worldwide, making it the 23rd best-selling GameCube game of all time. And it's the first uh, Mario sports game on the uh, on the console coming pretty late july 2003 gamecube had been out almost a full two years at this point let's just get, dive right into it do either of you have memories of playing toadstool tour or memories of playing other games in the mario golf franchise the franchise 100 percent. i started playing it on the game boy for sure and me and my friends played i believe at the time it was the game boy color I believe, and you could hook it up with the cable and you could play each other or, you know, play that way. And, and it was it was great. And then there was the N64 version, which um, I have the cartridge of, but I don't have the console for whatever reason. So <laughs> I don't know if that's a sign that I just really loved that game or I'm just a sign that I'm a crazy person, whatever it might be. And and then the GameCube, because I didn't own it, I, I think those four or five friends, at least three of them had this game because um, a couple of them were ones that I played the 64 and the GameCube games with. So I played this and I, I love it just like the other ones. I honestly do. Like, I, I just think that a game like this, it's not too complex in a good way. Golf can seem daunting to people and boring and all that. But, you know, Mario and Nintendo, they have this way of spinning things that really makes things a little bit more fun even if you're just playing on your own playing the first a toadstool course or whatever it might be called in that particular game and mm-hmm. uh i think this game's no exception i think it's just one of those so um i i don't have the most experience out of this particular version but i do i i have played i think every single mario golf and i will be playing the one that's coming out 
in June this year. So <laughs> very nice. Mike, what about you? I, I I was a big fan of the Mario Golf franchise on the N64, and I didn't own this GameCube version, but there was a thing called Blockbuster back when I was a kid where I would rent games. Like You could rent games. It was a magical place, and you could take them home and just play them for the weekend. Google it, kids. It was the best. <laughs> um, but yeah, so this game, uh, I did play it. I did rent it many times. I do remember it sort of being, not, not bringing much new to the table, uh, sort of just being like the N64 version with sort of better graphics and more characters. Uh, but overall, I'm a fan of, of the Mario sports franchises in general, with Mario Tennis being my favorite. And I think it's the, sometimes the arcadey versions of the games, which which uh, Mario does, where like unrealistic, crazy things happen, can be more fun and less frustrating than the like pure simulation versions, like Tiger Woods or like a tennis game that's trying to be more of a simulation. So in that sense, um, I, I, it is a lot of fun, and I do like how Nintendo does that. And, and it's a franchise, obviously, that has a lot of appeal because it's still alive to this day. And I, I did play the 3DS version, which I liked a lot. And yeah, like Dave, I'm also thinking of getting the the Switch version. So yeah, it's really, really, really good game. Probably my second favorite Mario Sports franchise after Mario Tennis. Yeah, you make a good point too, Mike, with the with the sort of like arcadey difference with them. I find now that I'm I'm just as a, like I think there was this period between let's say when Mario Tennis and the first Mario Golf came out for let's say 64 and Game Boy and GameCube, those ages that we were at, like it was nice to have those sort of on the side while we played madden while we played the nhl games and the nba games and stuff but now i i don't really want to play the simulation sports games i mean i, I think they're great and they're super deep and I, I mean incredibly well done for sure but it's just not my jam anymore and i think that if i had a gamecube in front of me and played this game i i almost guarantee that i would have more fun playing this version of mario golf or any version really but you know if we if we focus on this one more than this year's you know, PGA game. Yeah, it's like, why am I going to play a, this really realistic simulation? I'll just go actually golfing. You know what I mean? I play yeah, video games yeah. for like that arcadey experience. Uh, That's yeah. exactly so, yeah. what we were talking about. We talked about this in the, the fishing and hunting episode, uh, which we had to kind of slog through because Neil and I don't want to talk about fishing and hunting games on consoles. Uh, they're meant to be played in bars, really. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but uh, like some of these fishing games were just dreadful, you know, terrible, terribly done games. And what we said for all of them was just like, might as well just go and fish at this point because yeah. you're just waiting for fish to, to, to bite <laughs> on this line for hours sometimes in this game. And so I, I, I find that with the simulation games, the new ones, especially for golf, like I loved Tiger Woods PGA 2005. I played that to death. Uh, great soundtrack too in that one. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys remember that. Had uh, Outcasts, uh, I Like the Way You Move. Nice. <laughs> oh, and, oh, newer Outcast. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I, uh, <laughs> and I remember like outfitting my characters. You know, buying all the best gear, sure. and that was a really fun part of that game that I that I enjoyed a lot. And I think it brought something new to the table, where new golf games, yeah, are just seem to be so close to the actual game where it's like I just want to go and play golf now. I don't really want to play this game, but like a playing a Mario Kart Total Tour is still really fun to me. Uh, today like you said dave but you mentioned something mike with tennis and how that is your favorite mine too i love mario power tennis it's such a great game but this game 
uh, is the UI and everything is exactly the same as Power Tennis, which I thought was really <laughs> funny. They just copy and pasted it because it is Camelot who made it and they also made tennis. And they're like, okay, let's just – this UI works, I guess. So they, they put it on tennis, which came out I think a year later, Neil. Yeah, something like that. I don't have as much information on the Mario Tennis uh, game yet. Since we yeah, actually... this is not a goal. <laughs> tennis uh, episode. <laughs> and we haven't covered it yet. Like, it's crazy to think that we're 55 episodes into this podcast now, and this is the first Mario sports game. And the GameCube was the golden era of Mario sports games. We had golf in this case, and then there was tennis, baseball, and soccer as well. And after Mario Golf, uh, Toadstool Tour, released in 2003, there was also a Game Boy Advance game released a year later. But then there was a 10-year hiatus between golf games, which wow. uh, you guys you guys mentioned that the three, you played the 3DS version, which is really good. I would mm-hmm. say just as good as Toadstool Tour, if not arguably better in certain ways. I, I do agree of the criticism that uh, Toadstool Tour is a nicer-looking version of the N64 game. Uh, it does have some improved physics. Uh, and AI and whatnot, but it does look very similar to the N64 version, which is too bad. I think that they also took out the mini golf mode as well, right? Which I, I think Mario Golf games should have a mini golf mode as well. I don't know why that they would do that. Kind out. of meant like it's almost like it should be a guarantee. <laughs> yeah, I love I love mini golf game. Like mini golf video games are really fun because here around where I live, there's one mini golf course, and there's always been one mini golf course. So I used to. <laughs> get like these random pc mini golf games as a kid in like cereal boxes or they came as bonus discs for other games and i would play those because they were just so much fun and quirky and there was a mini golf game in the n64 version and i was playing my 3ds today on my lunch break and i was looking for like where's where's the mini golf in this game like i feel like nintendo and mario like it just fits that they should have a really good mini golf version and I don't think that it's going to be in the new Switch game. I haven't seen anything like that. So yeah, that... they haven't said anything about it. It could be some, one of the surprise modes, but they seem to be really um, uh, touting all the other ones. So Yeah, it could be. I mean, it'll be a surprise for me, but uh, I'm, I'm a little worried that it's not going to be there. But yeah. uh, that, that's all right. Since you did play this game, Mike, uh, and you rented it from this uh, weird place you call <laughs> Magical Place. Buster. <laughs> no, never Not just weird, it. it's also magical. <laughs> uh, are, are there any, any other specific memories or, or, or elements of the game that really stick out to you even today? I always play with Yoshi. Um, Me too. That's Good. what I always play with. It's a correct choice. Um, yes. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, yeah, carried that over. But it seemed very much like the N64 version. You had like stroke play or coins, and yeah, that's that's all I remember. They kind of, you know, mashed together a bit in my mind the N sixty four version and this version, but um, I I still think overall it's a great game. And if it's your mm-hmm. first time playing a Nintendo uh, or a Mario golf game, you probably would have just loved it, and you wouldn't have had any of the critiques that, <laughs> that someone that would love the N sixty four version would have. So it's a good introduction, mm-hmm. right, to the series. And it's how many years later did you say? Was it ten years later? There's 10 years version? between the GameCube version, almost 11 years actually, between the GameCube version, Toadstool Tour, and then the 3DS version, which was Mario Golf World Tour, uh, which is a really good game as well. And the Game Boy Advance game is good too, but uh, a lot of people don't really talk about that one. It's a bit of a hidden gem. It was perfect yeah. for, for me because uh, it was like, that's what we did at recess was we played that game. You know, it was that and Pokemon. Ooh. That was our recess activity nice. um, when, we, <laughs> when we played the Game Boy games and you know, you traded your Pokemon or you played your Mario Golf. That's what we did on Game yeah. Boy. <laughs> <laughs> 
I have a prediction that the Mario Super Rush is going to sell more than 4 million units as well. Yeah, I mean, there's so many Switches out there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, we're almost at a record. We're going to break catching up with the Wii really soon. And Mario Tennis, uh, I love Mario Tennis on the GameCube as well. I think that that's a fantastic sports game. It doesn't have much competition because what's your second favorite tennis game? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was, uh, it's the, uh, you know what it is? It's the the Rocks, the Rockstar table tennis from the original Xbox. That's what oh my god choice. wow yeah, i was also gonna yeah. say thinking of wii sports as well the wii sport tennis wii, is pretty yeah wii sports fantastic <laughs> yeah i guess the more i think about it that the amount of tennis games no but, are actually but yeah like... but that those weren't out or at least the wii sports one wasn't out True. at the time exactly the switch is just becoming the powerhouse of nintendo franchises so i don't think mario golf is going to be like a top 10 selling switch game at the end of the day but i think it's going to like outsell all the previous games combined easily but that'll be interesting to see. That's a prediction here on this episode. <laughs> I like it. I like it. We'll make it come mm-hmm. through. Uh, awesome, guys. Thank you very much for coming on the show today. Is there anything else either of you would like to say about this franchise or this game in general? I mean, honestly, um, I, I played golf growing up. I would say that I'm not a golfer because that would mean I have skill. But <laughs> uh, I would say that if you're going to play a golf game and you and you don't feel like you really care about the guys that are out there in real life right now, I mean, it doesn't matter what, what system you have. If you have a way to, to play a Mario golf game, um, to me, it's just, it's great. It, does, it honestly doesn't matter what version. Um, you guys mentioned the 3DS version. I think right now that's, that's I mean, it's the most updated one. So it probably is the, the quote unquote best one. Um, I sunk a lot of hours into that one too, and it's great. Grab one if you have a if you have a console or a Game Boy or a 3DS. Um, you know, it's okay that it's still thirty or forty bucks. I honestly think it's worth every every penny. I'll say final thoughts on uh, Mario Golf. I think it's going to really benefit from have being on the Switch and being connected to the internet. Uh, I think the 3DS version just sort of scratched the surface because it did have internet connection, but I don't. I hope I'm not remembering this wrong, but me and Dave played this game a lot, and I don't think you could actually play together. I think what you could do is you could like play holes and um, get your score, and then kind of send it to your friend, and he would try to beat it. And that was kind of like the online functionality that it had. So I think I think they can improve on that. I think they can do a lot with online play like that. It was actually kind of fun to do, sending your friend little challenges. Like if you got an eagle. Um, you know that he, he it would be hard for him to beat that so and you could like send things back and forth and keep a running score kind of kind of deal so i think there's a lot to um to do for them there i think it's perfect timing with the switch uh, with it being online with so many switches being out there that it could have this really fun like online community behind it too so yeah i think it's gonna be a fun game i hope i i hope i'll be able to get it and uh we can all play together maybe that'd be cool mm-hmm. yeah 100 percent, definitely well, guys, um, please uh, uh, tell us where you, uh, the audience can find you, and uh, yeah, plug your plug your show. Go ahead, Mike. Plug away, man. You do it on our <laughs> show. Um, I, I say you're the brains of the operation, so uh, so have at it. Don't know about that, but uh, yeah, you can find our <laughs> podcast, which is called Back in My Day, on uh, basically anywhere you can find podcasts. Uh, you know, rank, review, uh, Apple Podcast, subscribe. It all helps, and you can find us on social media. Uh, across all social media like twitter instagram tiktok at day back in so yeah a lot of the back in my day stuff was taken so we're at day back in so follow (laughs) us we post a lot of like uh movie game tv show anniversaries uh a lot of like stupid memes that we make ourselves and videos uh it's kind of fun and it kind of makes you feel old as you guys were saying which uh i don't know how fun that is but if you want to feel old follow (laughs) us on social media at day back in Bringing everyone down to our level. 
<laughs> yeah, you guys brought me. Da- you you guys bring me down on a daily basis. I absolutely adore your Instagram page. <laughs> I highly recommend everybody out there go check it out. Uh, I have a, a notification on my phone every time you post. So thank you so much for letting me know how old I am. Every day. <laughs> That's why we're here, man. <laughs> awesome thank you guys for coming on today we really appreciate it Uh, we've had a great time uh, talking with you about some mario golf and uh, we're excited to play the new game when it comes out awesome yeah looking forward to it take care guys cheers what nice young men what nice young men thank you very much guys for coming on today and talking about the franchise the uh total tour obviously and um mm-hmm. they make they make us feel old neil <laughs> yeah i know back in my day podcast man you guys i love the instagram page i'm going to keep saying that until i die i absolutely adore checking their page every day to see what movie came out 100 years ago when i was just a little boy <laughs> and i can cry while i eat my oatmeal before work <laughs> but mike before i continue crying over breakfast i think we need to talk more about mario golf toadstool tour we have another guest joining us today Yes, we do, Neil. We have a friend of the show, Jules, joining us today, uh, Julian. Uh, and to welcome you to the show, to all our first-time guests, we asked them the question of, did you own a GameCube back in the day? Uh, yes, I did. Uh, it all guys, by the way. <laughs> Hello. Hello. <laughs> and what color was that GameCube, Jules? It was uh, the purple one that I got like uh, the first Christmas Ooh. it came out. Yes. Wow. So you're an original GameCube owner then? Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> OG right here. I yep. love it. Sweet. And and did whoever buy that for you, did they have the foresight to buy a memory card with that GameCube as well? Oh, no, they did not. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, like, I, I played, like, the first month of uh, Super Smash Bros. Melee. <gasps> without a memory card <laughs> oh, oh that's that's it that's the worst because you're trying to unlock all those characters and you just have to keep going back over and over again with uh you just have to leave the gamecube on clearly <laughs> uh, i did a couple nights of just leaving the, the gamecube on but that's how you that's the, that's the hack to unlocking uh, mewtwo in melee is you just because uh, i think it's 24 hours of combined gameplay but if you just keep the gamecube on for 24 hours I think that that was the cheat to get Mewtwo back in the day. So that you must have got Mewtwo like ten times before you got that memory card. <laughs> yeah, but I think you had to be like in a fight in the game, like not mm. in the menus to do this. But yeah, so what you would do is you would just set up a, a fight with a computer player and then go to school, and like the computer player is not going to do anything. So twenty four hours later, you're all set. Exactly. Oh, that's hilarious. I'm glad we, we, we've we've had a, a streak there, Neil, with people who actually got memory cards when they got GameCube. So I'm glad someone else is now back in our arena of not having a memory card when they started. I, I uh, had a memory card when I started out. I didn't. Yeah. So. Oh, okay. Nah, <laughs> y- you have another friend. We should have kept track of all this. That would have been fun. We're not here to talk about Melee, unfortunately, but we are here to talk about Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. And now, Jules, your name came up because when our friend of the show, Jason Hodgson, was on the podcast... He uh, mentioned that you are a big fan of Mario Golf Toadstool Tour, and we should have you on. And so to start off then, what are your memories of playing this game? If I can just go back like in time, <laughs> I, I bought myself like the Mario Golf 64 back when I was like eight years old. Okay. And I kind of fell in love with the game. But at the same time, like it was pretty hard to, to understand like the, con- the controls. Like as an eight-year-old, but <laughs> sure. <laughs> like yeah. I barely knew knew about uh, golf to begin with. Mm-hmm. So you also like... didn't have three hands, so <laughs> it's hard to play the N sixty four controller. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I fell in love with the game. Like I started to unlock the characters. So when I knew that uh, Total Tour was going to come out in two thousand three, then like I knew that I had to get that game. 
So what what drew you to Mario Golf on the N sixty four then? If you didn't, did you are you a golfer or was it just Mario? It had Mario on the cover, so you were buying it. Yeah, it was mainly because it was Mario. But <laughs> like I knew there was like the mini golf uh, thing as well yes. in Mario Golf. It was pretty nice. Yeah, that was a mode that they took out after Mario sixty after Mario Golf sixty four, and I don't know why. We were saying this with the back in my day podcast guys that I would love if they would keep the the mini putt course in there because i think that that would be perfect with the mushroom kingdom you've already got peach's castle and bowser's castle all these castles that would just be so much fun with a mini putt course i don't know why they don't bring that that specifically back yes exactly with with all like the side games in Tulsoto, like it would fit perfectly it looks like that they're going to be doing that with super rush coming out on switch with the like i've seen that you can golf in new donk city which looks like it's going to be pretty fun it's not mini putt but it looks like there's a lot of new fun modes that will be coming to the series which is exciting i think we just need more mini putt games neil just that's that's a hard yes for me (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if you guys played water golf but it is uh, pretty nice too Oh yes, yeah. I uh, a friend of mine plays what the golf a lot, and uh, I I've never played it. But uh, is there there's mini golfing in that then? Kind of like mini golf, as in like it's kind of tricky, but it kind of kind of reminds you of it. I would yes, say. yes. Okay. I'll have to check and Neil one. and I are big, but we're both uh, big fans of Golf Story. I'm not sure if you played that. Oh yes. Uh, yeah, which is oh, that's like the perfect mix of like an RPG Pokemon style mm-hmm. with a with a golf game. If anyone. Ha- uh, out there hasn't played it i highly recommend playing that game because neil and i had a ton of fun playing that back in 2018 or whenever it came out yes and i was going to like suggest golf story because basically it's mario golf advanced tour mm-hmm. but right. in the, like the new gen with the, the switch and a good story as well mm-hmm. yeah yeah, and it's fun to play. It feels like you're getting better. It's something that I think has been missing from the the console versions of Mario Golf, the the RPG elements. I think that that would be a lot of fun to have. Even if you're playing as one of the Mushroom Kingdom characters, I don't necessarily want to play a Mario Golf game with me or like, you know, the Nintendo me. <laughs> I, uh, I would love to have Mario Golf Super Rush to have an RPG system to it. I think there's going to be some kind of a story in this new game, but the Golf Story RPG uh, indie game on switch i think it's on everything but if, if you're listening to this and you're looking for a fun golf game to play it's in a 16-bit art style and it's it's super charming the oh, music yeah. is great it's the story is good and it's it's short like it's not a hundred hour jrpg i think it was maybe 20 hours all in all in and out and loved it i i think we should go back to playing that game sometime that'd be fun mm-hmm, absolutely there's a couple of good jokes in it as well yeah, yeah, yeah like a lot of a lot of golf puns which is good yeah. <laughs> and uh going back to mario golf toadstool tour uh who i talked earlier that waluigi was actually my uh pick whenever i wanted to uh, uh to have my own player uh, who, who is your pick who is your main uh for mario golf uh, i think we think alike mike uh because waluigi is my favorite as well nice and and did you pick him just because you know it's waluigi and you know it's he's a lanky guy he's a cool guy or did he does he actually have you know better skills than the other the other golfers i don't think there's much to him but like, <laughs> i was listening to one guy who does like speed runs on twitch uh who plays uh, mario golf and he says like i think he has the fastest swing so, like all the other mm. speed runners they use him because they just get like to the, the hole faster okay it's so interesting that that there is a speedrun community for for something like Mario Golf. Uh, that's that's crazy to me. Yeah, like this guy was playing for twenty hours yesterday, just trying to unlock like all the Ace computer like difficulty. 
right. all the characters. And before that, he had to do like all the tournaments with every character. So it was pretty crazy to watch. Wow. <laughs> I guess that there's not really much of a... Is there like a competitive scene with Mario Golf other than the speed run community? Because you can't play this game online. It's only local multiplayer. But for some reason, the Mario sports games, as fun as they are and as often as Mike and I play them together, I feel like that they didn't pick up as much as something like Smash Bros did where there's this huge community around it. I would love to see like a Mario sports community where people get together and they play these games in person yeah. in tournaments and everything. I think that would be a lot of fun to see. I think that in uh, Mario Golf World Tour on the 3DS, there was like online tournaments. That's true. Maybe not yeah. for money, but uh, <laughs> they had sponsors sometimes. Oh. Yeah. And we might, I guess we might see something like that now, now that games have gone online way more, like it's 20 years almost since Toadstool Tour came out. So games have come a long way, but even as like, you know, in-person tournaments would have been, would have been pretty fun to see. But yeah, no, no I agreed. Um, another question for you, Jules. Uh, so you do do a lot of Twitch streaming, which is fantastic. We've had a couple of streamers on uh, earlier this year as well. This seems like the year to be doing it, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, this is why we did a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but um, why Mario Golf for streaming? Uh, why Why did you think it's like, oh, you know what? I'm going to stream some Toadstool Tour today. What What? <laughs> uh, what kind of came to your mind for that? I kind of decided to do like a Road to Super Tour. Okay. Which basically started like two months ago. So like I, I was just... I just decided to play the game like on weekends just to like do the tournaments and try to uh, like get a hole in one once again. Yeah. <laughs> just basic challenges. Have you ever scored a hole in one in Mario Golf? Uh, that's a funny story, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, basically, I got the game in the summer in 2003. Mm -hmm. And on the first day, like on the first part three, but I got like a hole in one on that one, like on the first day. Okay. <laughs> wow. And then I never got one again <laughs> until uh, when I decided to play the game again. I was like, I should try to just uh, save and quit and just try like the same old all over again. Yeah. And 15 minutes later, I got like my second all in, all in one. Wow. <laughs> like what? Like 17 years later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Jeez. Congratulations. I don't think I ever have. Even in the in the 3DS game, which I've played probably more of than the GameCube version, I've hit the pole, which is super tense when like you hear the pole. It's got that sound when it hits it, it bounces off. That was like the closest I think I ever got to a hole in one. So congratulations to you. I got an eagle today when I was playing. Mm -hmm. Nice. <laughs> that's, that's the closest I can get. <laughs> uh, and and another question for you for this too is uh, we were talking to the some guys earlier about this game and just about the franchise in general. And for you, what makes this game, I guess, stand out more than some of the other games in the Mario Golf franchise? I really love like the courses on that one. On the GameCube, they really looked good, like especially like the the first two courses. Yeah. which are more like real-life courses. Sure. But what I loved the most about the game was pretty much like the connectivity with the uh, Advanced Tour mm. so that you could just plug in your Game Boy and like have your characters as well as the clubs. Right. I think just being able to use the clubs with the default characters, it brought like a different dynamic. Yeah, and that's something we actually haven't talked about yet uh, on this podcast, and something that or on this uh, episode, it's something that Neil likes to uh, bring up a lot because Game Boy Advance connectivity with the GameCube, uh, as I'm sure you know, Jules is often hit and miss for a lot of games. You know, some games would uh, do a great job with it and have a lot of content uh, that would go along with that Game Boy Advance game, and then others would just, you know, completely 
uh, wasted, like Crystal Chronicles, for example, where the GameCube or where the Game Boy Advance is just used as a GameCube controller, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. And so it's really yeah. cool to hear you say that uh, that you could actually bring over all your stuff from uh, the Advance Tour uh, because, in theory, if you're going to have Toadstool Tour at that time, there's a high chance that you also own a Game Boy Advance and you also would own uh, Advance Tour. So yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, one one of the uh, I guess the only information I could find on the Game Boy Advance link cable functionality with the GameCube and Advance Tour in this case was that you could import two main characters from Advance Tour, which the, they're the human characters, which I was talking about earlier. Uh, coincidentally, the character's name is Neil and Ella. Those are the two character names. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. and uh, you could bring got them in the the Nintendo fandom there, Neil. <laughs> I guess that's my my in with Nintendo. I can say, hey, we have the same first name. Neil, like from Seinfeld. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that, that was all I could find was just that you could transfer the human characters from Vanced Tour over to Toadstool Tour. But uh, Jules, did you say there was something else that you could do? Could you move like the Mushroom Kingdom characters over as well? Basically, like in Advanced Tour, you could collect like uh, tickets to get uh, more clubs. Mm. Like some would be more precise, some would be like more powerful, but like the red bar would become. Uh, smaller okay okay and i think there was five of them and when you linked uh, the game boy advance to the gamecube you were able to just bring those clubs over with the the characters and then like any gamecube like characters like uh, mario or uh, bb barana would be able to use those clubs so like sometimes i would be able to just hit the green on a par five with bb barana <laughs> which was kind of ridiculous but <laughs> I, I just want to give a shout out to PD Piranha because uh, PD Piranha in all of the Mario sports games is, I think he's always like a, one of the unlockable characters in like, at least the GameCube yep. era. And he's always so overpowered. <laughs> <laughs> like in, in, ten, in Mario Power Tennis, he's just this wall that you can't get anything <laughs> past. And he's a really and good yeah. Smash Bros fighter too. He finally got into Smash Bros. Yeah. What was that last year or 2019? Last year. Yeah. yeah something yeah, like so. that. This was when the Mario sports games, again, or this was when the Mario games were starting to introduce more characters to their rosters. And I loved it. Specifically with this game, uh, we, we talked about the N64 game, which had the main characters, your Luigi, Mario, Peach, Bowser. But this game introduced Koopa Troopa, Daisy, Diddy Kong, Waluigi, Birdo, we love Birdo, Bowser Jr., Boo, Shadow Mario, and PD Piranha. So they added a lot. No Marth, surprisingly. <laughs> but <laughs> just a good, good addition to the to the uh, to the roster. And they did that as well with with Mario Kart and Smash Bros. too. I think that they were really starting to explore uh, explore their spectrum, I guess, of characters that they had. I feel like they've gone almost too far now with Smash Bros. Ultimate, but still, mm-hmm. it, it was it was a really neat time. It was just a neat time for as a Nintendo fan to see some of these characters outside of the 2D Mario games, which is the only place you'd think you'd ever see PD Piranha. <laughs> I don't know if you guys remember, like on the Nintendo 64, there were like other characters as well. Yeah, the human characters, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that Neil Neil brought that up earlier. The fact that there was a. Uh kid was like a name of the character because it was all these characters that camelot uh developed specifically for the uh the that version uh and obviously camelot famously developed waluigi as well and he's uh, the only one who stuck around of all those yeah for obvious reasons they were just generic <laughs> human characters basically yeah <laughs> jules i do have one quick question for you though before we let you go if you could make one improvement to toadstool tour what would you do do you can you think of anything wrong with the game i think i would just bring back the mini golf yeah 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 
I think that's the right answer. <laughs> I think so too. I think take bringing back mini golf and maybe adding an RPG mode to the game to the story would make the, these Mario Golf games a lot better, especially for a single player uh, single players who don't have uh, Mike's aunt to play with. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, I, I definitely agree. Having the mini golf uh, aspect in there would be nice. And uh, I'm really excited to be picking up the new one. Jules, I'm assuming you're going to be picking up the new one as well. Oh, yes, uh, definitely. Sweet. <laughs> Looking forward to playing with you online, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Sweet. But uh, yeah, with that, Jules, thank you very much for coming on today uh, and talking about some Mario Golf. And uh, we're going to give you some time here and go ahead and plug your Twitch stream. Uh, yes, I am streaming on... Uh, evenings like during the week uh i am on twitch as julbarie j-u-l-b-a-r-i-l and yeah i play a lot of action games like sometimes retro stuff like a gamecube uh, i've played a lot of james bond nightfire of course sweet Ooh, yes, yes. yes good good <laughs> all right uh, agent under fire sweet that's awesome and and uh do you have any specific schedule that you that you twitch or is it just kind of every weeknight or the nights you can uh, the next again, but it's mainly like Monday, Wednesday, Thursday. Nice. That's awesome. We'll definitely be tuning into some of your streams and uh, especially yeah. when you're playing some, especially when you're going to play the new golf. I'd love, love to see you play that. And uh, I bet you're going to be a lot better than me at it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be playing on Friday. That's for sure. Perfect. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to need so much help, dude, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm dumb when it comes to these games. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just trying to get the ball as close to the hole as possible. I'm going to tune into your channel just to check and see if I can get some tips on how to how to do better. Because I feel how like to get hole in ones. How, yeah, <laughs> apparently. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we have a hole in one Mario golfer here on the channel. So if there's anybody you want to listen to for tips and tricks, it's Jules on Twitch. I should try to get another one on Friday. Yeah, while well, you're streaming, first day. <laughs> yeah, first day, and then you have to wait 17 years to get another one. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on today, Jules. It's been a great time, and uh, hopefully we'll see you again soon on the pod. Yes, uh, thank you for the invite. That was pretty fun. Yeah, take care, man. We'll talk to you soon. Awesome. What a nice young man. What a nice young man. Thank you, Jules, coming all the way from Quebec to be on our podcast today. Uh, And uh, honestly, I couldn't have picked a better person to be on because he uh, knows his Mario Golf. He knows his facts. He he even knew stuff that wasn't on the wiki, Neil. That's that's huge. (laughs) That's where I get most of my information from, Mike, is from Wikipedia. (laughs) (laughs) Or even the Mario Golf wiki or like the Mario Sports wiki. And I, I, I always try and... You know, d- dive as deep as I can, and the Mario franchises are usually quite easy because they do have their own wikis, mm-hmm. and people actually write about them. Other than like Pro Rally Championship 2002, that <laughs> doesn't have anything on. It might have the release page. date, and that's about it. One thing I was trying to find, and I meant to ask Jules this, Mike. So I guess the spotlight's on, the pressure's on you now, I suppose. Is that Uh-oh. I realized when I was playing Mario Golf on GameCube, Toadstool Tour, and 3DS. Why are all the characters righties? Are they righties? Yeah. No, you can change. You can change your, your you can change whether you're right or left. You can change it. Okay. I was yeah. so confused. Yeah. I like every yeah. time I looked up, like every time I started the game, I thought they'd give the characters their own specific stance and that was it. So I was really confused by that. As a golfer, as a kid, see, I started as a lefty and my granddad taught me because he was a major, my granddad from Belfast, surprise, was a golfer. And um, <laughs> he, he taught me that most courses around the world, he, this is how he thought I was going to grow up. He thought I'd be golfing around the world. Uh, he told me that most, most world courses are actually designed for righties. 
so I should learn how to golf right. So I can actually golf left and right. That's a fun fact about Neil that you might not have known. Oh, I love Neil fun facts. Yeah, it's very, it's very, uh, it's very advantageous when I'm playing mini putt. If your ball gets stuck in a corner, and like I'll just quickly surprise my opponent by switching sides, and I can putt out (laughs) of wherever I'm stuck. Like they think I'm screwed, but I know. Uh, we all know we all know indeed uh i uh before we get on to the kind of the future murder golf all that stuff that we usually do for episodes mm-hmm. uh i want to read the back of the case here neil because i have your case you do have my game mike and i i want that copy back so i think to to do that i'll let you read it but first victor hit us with that jingle it's time to read what's on the back of the case there's things written on the back of the case let's read them and now we're reading the back of the case Hit the links in the Mushroom Kingdom. Mario, Peach, Yoshi, Donkey Kong, and others have tea times reserved in the Mushroom Kingdom. Challenge them to tournaments or take them on in character matches to collect rings or nab coins. Play on resort-style courses or look out for chain chomps, warp pipes, and thwomps on the Mushroom Kingdom courses. They say Mushroom Kingdom, I think, three times here. Yeah. Do you think it takes place in the Mushroom Kingdom, Mike? there's no way to know that is one thing i love that like the chain chomps were in the sand traps sometimes yeah. and stuff like that yeah it added a lot of dynamic like dynamics to the game and i love the i love the nintendo the mushroom kingdom courses actually i do like those ones i, I like what jules said it was nice to have courses that were a bit more based in reality but it is fun when you go to a course that's based around peach's castle or in the 3ds game i was playing today there's one based around yoshi's island which is really neat like the art style changes and everything it's really cool yeah. Oh no. No, for sure. It's 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 well done. All all those games they put a lot of like Camelot clearly puts a lot of effort into making uh, all the Mario sports games, but I think especially the Mario Golf games, which really need to be graphically you know nice looking more than I think anything else because. Mm-hmm. A lot of golf is about being in these nice sceneries, you know, and and about where you're playing. Something like tennis doesn't need that as much because you are, it's such a fast action paced game. You don't really care about where you are Mm -hmm. in terms of the, the, it's a tennis court, right? Right. That's the, nothing's changing where golf is kind of cool because every hole is different. It can all be designed in a certain way. And Mm -hmm. I think Toadstool Tour really does a nice job um, with that. I did want to say though, when we talked about how, if there's one thing you want to change for Toadstool Tour, I would have loved to have those outfits that we have now Mm. uh, for Super Rush because I think that is such a big part of golf is the outfits, yeah, right? And it feels like such a missed opportunity uh, for the GameCube. Yeah. You know, the, the graphics were there. They had the ability to create these characters with these costumes. Mm. Maybe it was something that was thought of, but got to, you know they didn't want to put it in because of time constraints. But I'm really glad that's coming in the new game. I think that doing that back then was a big lift to have customizable yeah. outfits. Maybe if each character had one other outfit that they could have, like what we're seeing with Wario's amazing outfit in Mario Golf Super Rush. <laughs> looks awesome best glow up oh best glow up of all time <laughs> easily the best glow up of all time that was a i'm very proud of that meme but um no i, I think that that would have been too much if, if you could uh customize like the shoes they're wearing the shorts or pants the shirt the club like i think it would have been too much uh especially with all the characters that they had and you have to animate them doing everything in those outfits every character has their own uh unique animation for when they score when they score getting a par or a birdie or an eagle or a a hole in one obviously like they have to Mm -hmm. they have to render all that and animate it i don't know much about game dev but i know that that would have been a lot of work in the early 2000s which might have been why there wasn't as much customization like even when you go back to something like mario kart 
Double Dash, which we haven't covered yet, but even the carts there aren't super customizable yeah. nearly as much as they are now, where you can pick the wheels you have to the the, the, the kite that your cart has. Like it's very different yeah. now. So it's very true. Mm-hmm. I do have one last thing I want to say very quickly. Sure. This is really really funny. Okay. Uh, the on Nintendo Life has a great review of Mario Golf Total Tour. They give it an eight out of ten, which I think is quite fair. Mm-hmm. Uh, is probably it, it, I, I would put it higher, but you know, mm-hmm. eight out of ten is okay. Okay. Uh, and this was written in November t- uh, 2011. It was kind of a retrospect review. Okay. And uh, the the first comment on the review says. I absolutely loved the N64 version, um, but, you know, and uh, for the Toadstool Tour, I never got around to buying it. Uh, This review uh, made me want to get the game as soon as I can. I think it'll come to GameCube Virtual Console at some point, (laughs) but that could be a number of years off, uh, as the GameCube Virtual Console hasn't even been announced yet. Mm. (laughs) Sorry, that was 2011? yeah, ten oh. years later. <laughs> oh, no. oh, I just, I just like cried a little bit at that, at that, that comment. Can you think about the type of things that we're saying on this podcast that ten years from now would sound absolutely insane? Like that, just the things that we're hoping for that we think are coming. Like we're twenty twenty one and we still think the GameCube Virtual Console is coming out. <laughs> I think eight out of ten for this game is fair enough. Like, and the game did sell reasonably well. Unfortunately, the Mario Golf series has sold less and less with every iteration which is too bad the n64 was about 1.5 the gamecube was about 1.3 and then the handhelds also uh, have decreased slowly over time from about a half a million to uh, less than half a million for world tour on 3ds so it's but like you said this one for switch will probably outsell them all Mm -hmm. uh, and i have a good feeling because it is well well designed and it has a lot of hype behind it i think yeah. uh but it's funny neil because now we are going to talk about the future of this franchise mm-hmm. and this might be one of the very few games that we've ever talked about where a new game is actually right there it's yeah. it's 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 here it actually exists mm-hmm. so that means this franchise is alive despite uh it being uh you know 18 years between home console releases right i was gonna say we are right now if you're listening to this episode of the day it goes live we are on the eve of a mario golf game coming out which is great but it's been a long time since we had a regular mario golf game it's actually been seven years since the last even handheld version on 3ds the world tour Mm -hmm. was seven years and then 10 years before that was the last Game Boy Advance game and then Toadstool Tour 11 years. So yes, the game is coming out tomorrow, but do you think it's going to continue to be this five to 15 year gap between the games? Because I think it is. I don't think these games sell particularly well enough to warrant having one per console. I think we're seeing one on the Switch because the Switch is technically a handheld. And I think that this game, this franchise has shifted to handheld only. I would say that I, I would absolutely agree with that, Neil. And I'm also waiting for the day that we'd get the Mario Sports Collection. And I think that's coming sooner than later. Mm. I think with this release, maybe in a year or two, we'll get a um, a Mario Sports Collection, almost like the Mario Superstar Mario Party Superstars that's going to be coming out, mm. where it's a bunch of these mini games and um, and courses uh, all together. And I could see them having putting uh, strikers, uh, putting a uh, baseball, putting a uh, tennis, you know, putting uh, some go- golf courses in there and almost make it like a Wii Sports Resort, but with Mario. I, I just, that's that's what I see these franchises moving towards. Mm. Unless Mario Golf has like a $10 million seller, or 10 million seller I, I can't see these being uh, 
anything close to a semi-annual franchise. Well, they did that on 3DS. They it was Mario Sports Superstars, and it had I think it oh, had basically okay, that exists. Yeah, that exists. It's on 3DS. <laughs> it came out in 2017. That it had. Wow. I, uh, good time for a 3DS. Yeah, really. I mean, it was the year that uh, it was like when the 3DS was dying and the Switch was rising from the ashes. Uh, but yeah, this did exist. It even included horse riding, if I remember correctly. But it was oh. is exactly what you just pitched. It, it has <laughs> golf. I don't think it had baseball, but it did have soccer. It was no Mario Strikers, but soccer was there. I'm trying to remember every single sport. If only we could look this up somehow. But no, it, it this is similar to what happened with Mario Party, where we got Mario Party 100 Stars, whatever it was called on 3DS, and we thought this would be perfect on Switch. The same thing with that game. I think that something like that would be perfect on Switch is if they could release yep. some sort of a collection or like a i don't even i don't even want remakes of the old games i would just prefer that they come out with something it doesn't have to be crazy like we just need a good soccer game a good golf game a tennis game and a baseball game. And you know i don't need too many mini games and anything and i could just i could just do with like almost how they have mm-hmm. uh, mario versus sonic at the olympics you, yeah. you know like that that's something like that would be good enough for me right yeah. so we will see but for now we're gonna have to play those piecemeal games like what we're getting with mario golf tomorrow which is great. I'm looking forward to it, and I know you are too. But Mike, looking back really quick on the GameCube version, obviously I think I know your answer, but would you suggest GameCube collectors and video game enthusiasts pick this game up? I would definitely suggest it. It's it's a good price still. Yep. Uh, not too expensive. It's a great game. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun multiplayer for sure. Mm-hmm. And I, I would highly recommend it. And it looks great today still. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was really impressed at that when I was playing it this week again. Uh, at how you know how little I was phased by like seeing these graphics. I was like, oh wow, this still looks really good. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely, I would one hundred percent agree with what you said. With what you said, it's a fun game to play today. The controls are a little bit tricky if you've never played a golf game before, but I think once you get the hang of that, it's something that you'll 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 really enjoy. And for collectors out there like myself, this is actually the last game that Nintendo published that had official Nintendo seal of quality on it before they changed over to official Nintendo seal. If you're a Nintendo nerd like myself, means a lot because it's just a change in Nintendo's history. Nintendo's mm-hmm. always had this seal of quality sticker on it, but they changed the name of it after Mario Golf Toadstool Tour. So, so many, so many fun facts today. Neil. I'm just full of them today. I don't know. I don't know where it all came from. I was. Uh, I, I had some time today to find them, Mike. <laughs> uh, so, Mike, what's happening next week on the GameCube Was Cool podcast? Let the listeners know what they can expect when we return on Thursday. You can expect a review from me for the new Mario Golf game. Uh, that you will definitely hear at the beginning of the episode, uh, but. We will be going into Bionicle and Lego games for the GameCube. There's not many. There's only three. But uh, we love Bionicle, and it's Bionicle's 20th anniversary next week. Uh, It's in July. uh, Bionicle started July 2001. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, pretty crazy, and we want to celebrate that with our good friend, John, who will be on the podcast uh, and talk about some Bionicle, talk about some Lego, and... A little bit about the games. <laughs> Mike, between talking with Back in My Day podcast guys today and finding out Bionicles are 20 this year, I can't take this anymore. I need to go back to bed. But if you're out there listening in your car yelling, Mike, Neil, what do you mean there's only three Lego games on the console? Don't worry. We're going to be covering the Lego Star Wars games in a separate episode. This is strictly going to be Bionicles and Drome Racers as well. So... Yeah, yeah. We just we just want an excuse to talk about Bionicle and Lego for a full episode. With, with, our friend, with our friend John, who we love talking to, and we haven't talked to him in person, so it's going to be fun to catch up with him. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening to episode 55 of the GameCube Was Cool podcast. We have new episodes every Thursday on all the major podcast services. Leave us ratings and reviews so we can make the show better. If you'd like to support the show, you can find us on Patreon. We are The GameCube Was Cool.
Every dollar helps us grow the show. Supporters at the $5 or above level get their names read in the credits at the beginning of the show and an option to submit an opening topic, like garter snakes or blizzards. If you're looking for a free way to support the show, you can follow us on social media. We are at the GameCube Pod on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for the support, and we will see you next week. For GameCube. Over 600 games you've never heard of. GameCube. The product of what happens when you think inside the box. GameCube.